Welcome to the More Than More podcast, education edition, where we help you build a better business. All right, here we are for another education edition. Um, Today, we are talking about working with sellers in this changing, shifting market. Um, And I have two guests with me today. I have Katie Riedemann and Gina Swanson. Ladies, say hi. Hello. Hello. All right, so Katie mainly works out of the Ames office, and Gina's in our Urbandale office, um, working different markets, just for some some perspective there as we're having these conversations. Um, But let's go ahead and dig in. What I really want to focus on today, we will do some practical strategy stuff that they do as well, but I really want to focus in on the conversations we're having, Um, setting proper expectations with our sellers as the market is shifting, specific to pricing, things are sitting on the market a little longer, just what do those conversations look like? Um, We'll talk about some marketing strategies as well, um, but overall just kind of want to talk about specifically what's happening now with our sellers. Sound good? Sounds good. Okay. All right. So, Let's go ahead and dig in. I kind of want to do a flyover, a quick overview of just some of your musts, right? As we're getting ready um, for our listings. Um, And you can go either way with this as far as either conversations you're having prior to coming to the house or and or the tools, resources you're using. Um, But Gina, I'll start with you. What are just like the every time I'm getting ready for a listing appointment, these are my non-negotiables that I'm I'm doing to get myself ready? Um, Well, the first thing I'm going to do is print off the assessor page. And just look through, um, you know, how long they've owned it, what kind of what kind of features the property has. Um, I'll also look on the MLS for when it was previously listed, if there's still that data, Um, because that'll give me a little bit of an idea of what the um, pictures looked like and um, what it sold for. Good. And then, of course, I do an MLS search. uh, Just the normal taking a look at you know, the neighborhood, similar homes with similar, similar features so that I have at least a price range. Good. Okay. Katie, how about you? Yeah, very similar. Um, I, aside from the phone call, um, I've got a listing notes sheet that I use for my, um, phone call, initial phone call. And so that helps guide my questions. But from there, I obviously print the assessor's page like Gina. I look for past listings, um, hopefully the one right prior to when they bought. Um, print off the seller disclosure as well um, with that. Yeah. I think that helps remind them kind of, of when because we are still responsible for that. So I think that's important. Okay. Um, and then I like to look at RPR, which like Gina said, um, similar to the MLS, but RPR also just helps give me a a basic value um, based on their market. And so I just think that that's helpful because I do a two-step listing process. So before I go, I want to kind of have an idea so that when I'm at the house, I can ask them, um, I can see the house and know what condition it's in. But then ask them like if they have an idea of what they're looking to sell for um, so that when I go back and do my research um, I can I can know if like okay these sellers are gonna be really hard to get or if they're realistic Um, okay so yeah just having that base guide before I go into the home and even know any condition yeah yeah good okay Um, 
Anything else? Oh, so we mentioned MLS. We mentioned just assessor um, using the prior information on the MLS to gather information. Mentioned RPR. Um, is there anything else tools-wise that you're using every single time, even just then to get ready for the actual appointment itself? Yeah, I'm always doing a toolkit CMA okay. on 21 online or whatever. Yep. yep. Um, I think it looks super professional. I, I've got it pared down to like probably eight documents just because right. I feel like there's a lot of data in there. Yep. Yep. And I am actually a huge fact finder, but I also know that it can be overwhelming for people. So, um, and they're putting in the um, MLS comps is awesome because yeah. it brings up like a really cool map. Yep. Um, and we work through that map to say, okay, this is where I'm gathering data from. Yep. So we do the toolkit CMA. And then I developed like a folder that I put together um, that has uh, home selling 101, a little brochure about what their expenses are going to be, um, information about my team. And then mm. I put the toolkit CMA in there. Okay, good. Yeah. And I have used Toolkit CMA, but has recently switched over to the Moxie stuff, yep. um, Moxie Present, and have taken out a lot of documents yeah. there as well. Yeah. Um, Got to make I, it work. I do feel like it gets overwhelming because you're going over so much. You just want to get to the important parts. Um, and then, yeah, it's got about me, get to know me. Um, and then, like I said, I do a two-step process depending on the client. Sometimes I'll print off like a, a general list of this is what's available within like a $50,000 range Yeah. so that they have an idea. Um, and then, yeah, an, I, I have a folder as well of just some more informational leave behind. Um, I put the, the moxie thing in like a cover bind yep. folder that looks nice that yeah. I can leave that in the folder with them. And, um, it doesn't have too much on pricing either. And so yeah, I feel confident that if I'm interviewing for it, I'm giving them everything and selling myself, but not like giving them, you know, all the marbles. Right. So it's a good balance between like if they are a, a higher fact finder, like I am as well, um, they can have some of that stuff to look at afterwards. Or if you really need it, you probably have that as supplemental, but we're trying to at least not do all of it because it is probably too overwhelming for most people. Yeah. And then the conversation I'm having with the comparables is, you know, this is the first time I've been in your home. So this is just to give you yeah, a general idea. Definitely. Um, and even in this market, uh, like they'll, like when we kind of get to what the list price is, I tell them I'm not actually going to have an official list price for you until like the day before we hit the market Yeah, because there's Good. so many factors happening right now yeah. and it's so unknown yeah. that I don't feel confident. I give them a price range and then like really the day before I'm like digging deep again into the comps and seeing what's come on the market, how quickly it's sold, what the condition is. Um, so that I leave them with that range and then they at least have that in their head. Sit on it too. They can sit on it and Mm -hmm. think on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And speak to that timeline a little bit for me because that, you know, why then, like, when are you doing some of these conversations as opposed to when you're actually putting the sign in the ground just to kind of talk through why the day before is when you're really honing in? Yeah. Well, there's so many different factors that change. One thing I think that I feel that's changing with the market it's becoming a little bit more like 19, <laughs> 2019. Yeah, I got you. Um, where things are going to take a little bit longer. So, and if a home isn't, what I'm seeing is if a home isn't 
perfection right now. You know, six months ago, it might, you could put a house on the market and maybe it's not completely decluttered. Maybe it's not like sparkling clean. But buyers were kind of willing to buyers overlook were, some of were that. willing to overlook it. Yeah. What I'm finding today is that buyers not so are not willing to overlook things. <laughs> okay. um, and so sometimes, you know, after a meeting, I'll put together a list of the next steps for them, which Good. includes the things that they need to do to get Good. their home ready. Yes. Um, and then I've also been using Loom a little bit to then go through uh, the market a Good. second time. Good. Of I saying, love that. Now that I've been in your home. Here's what's selling. And what's what I've gotten really good feedback on is I kind of show them the different listings. Yeah. Um, because a lot of times people just feel like they know what their house is worth. Yeah. And when they see it on a piece of paper or even toolkit slash moxie. Right. And they see the photos. Yes. Sometimes they need to actually see like, okay, just wanted to show you the condition of this home. Um, has has now. a brand new kitchen. It has an additional bathroom. Right. Because sometimes they'll say in the past, they would be like, well, I saw so-and-so at this address. And, you know, I just had a recent where the house across the street sold and sold yes. like in zero days. And, yep. you know, that's how we should list our and house. And that's in their mind. Yeah. Yes. It's totally in their mind. Yeah. And so I have to, at the time, I don't want to be confrontational and, and say like, well, the house has this, this, and this. It has an additional bathroom. Sometimes I think the visual of just showing the pictures and saying the reason that this yeah. one's old is it does have an additional bathroom. Yeah. This kitchen is brand new. Um, you know, these are the updates that have been done. So in my follow-up email, I'm including the things that they need to get done. Yes. My additional research and why I feel like we're now, we're going to hone in that price range a little bit more. Yep. And then I say, let's wait until we're See, ready to yes, list yes. and I can come back and then we'll, we'll give you kind of our final price. Yeah. That's really good. A couple of things there then. So then kind of kind of wrapping some of that up was, yeah. So it could be from this appointment to when we list, depending on what they're list of things to get done, right? Yeah. It could be weeks. It could be a couple months even, yeah. right? So yeah, the, with the with the changes of the market, it yeah, you're slowly honing in, but you're not going to decide mm -hmm. until like the day before the day, you know, when you're coming yeah. to do photos and those kinds of things. Um, the other piece of that that I loved is like that, that self-discovery, right? Having them see, oh, they can compare when they're sitting in their house, looking at those other pictures going, oh, okay, she's now right. That, <laughs> that one is more updated than ours. Oh, yeah. we... we Oh, they have, they don't have oak anymore. We, you know, I mean, they self-discovery, right? Like I'm helping them discover on their own by guiding them where I want to get them kind of. Right. Yeah. And our value has to be different than just looking on Zillow, right? Absolutely. For so long people were, well, when I first got into the industry, they were like, oh, we have to get rid of the Zestimates because they're doing our job for us. And um, so many people, that's a lot of times what they think their house is worth. And so part of our job and our value proposition is helping them understand that we are the experts and yep. this is why. Yep. Like Zillow is only looking at that number. They are not investigating all the, all other factors. the different factors and yes. the condition. Yep. And, you know, they're just looking at, it's just an algorithm. So, yeah. and I don't get the Zillow stuff much anymore, but I do think a lot of people think their houses are worth more than what oh, they absolutely. are. Absolutely. And now that the market's shifting just a little bit, it's going to be helping them with the mindset of, Buyers are are be, are now becoming a little bit more particular, right? And absolutely, because so, that the affordability, right? Like, so the rates have gone up, prices are still really yeah. really high. Buyers don't want to have to pay top premium dollar Correct. for something that isn't a premium product. Yep. 
Yeah, that's really good. So let's keep on this pricing conversation and just some of the the prep work or the actual conversations you're having with your sellers around pricing. So that's kind of um, where we're focusing right now. So Katie, tell me some of the conversations that have worked for you to helping them set them up for success with proper pricing expectations. I mean, back to what Gina had just said about pricing it like right before it comes on the home. Yes. That's one of my biggest things that I try to make sure happens because um, when I go back with my CMA, like the most important thing that you want to look at is who are you competing with when you go on the market? Yes. So are they going to pick my house that's 5,000 above and maybe doesn't have a couple of these things so good yeah. or so that that's why I like that she said that because that's exactly how I do it as well mm-hmm. um these are the five homes we're competing with what do we have versus they don't have yeah. and yeah. where are they priced and how do we need to price ourselves to make a buyer come in and pick our home over good these other five homes that they could choose from in this range so good so good so tell me about actually solds then so you're talking about like we're going to sit down that day before we're really going to dig into that um style and condition of our active competitors so how are you having then the conversation about solds and how maybe have you shifted how far back or how you know what I mean the timeline for where you're looking at considering those solds really accurate so tell me a little bit about that I mean time of year definitely depends how far back I look right now. I mean, I'm looking three months or less. I mean, okay, I start good. at like three months and then narrow it down based on how many I have to compare with. Good. Um, and, and really looking at, okay, this is when they listed, this is how long they were on the market and they listed at this price and got this price. But what, like, when did they list? Did they list yeah. in that May, really April, having the seasonal like conversation. June yeah. or like where were they at when they listed versus mm-hmm. this is what we have going on right now. Mm-hmm. This is how many homes we're competing against. Mm-hmm. And so these are all the variables that you hired us to yeah. coach you through. And absolutely like that Zillow's not looking at and you know, yeah. the other people aren't able to look at and think through like, that's why we are your advisor. Yeah, exactly. Genuine question then. So I was always, you know, I always kind of tell my clients or I use the phrase solds matter most because that was, is what proves what the market was willing to pay. Do you feel like you've adjusted that then? I mean, cause kind of based on what you were saying there, Katie, then is, um, we really, I mean, active competition obviously matters, right? right? But have you shifted that at all with where we're sitting right now? Um, or do you still say kind of solds matter most because that's what proves what the market was willing to pay? Uh, I am looking mostly at pending Okay, and then I'm contacting the agents who have pendings, um, before I put the house on the market and I just say, Hey, I know you can't, you know, tell me all the details, (laughs) but I'm just curious. Did you have multiple offers? Um, and you know, did it, did it sell like for a lot over and most agents will just be like, they won't give you the number and I'm not asking for the number. Um, but they'll say, Oh yeah, we had tons of showings. Like the one with my clients across the street, it sold in zero days. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And my client said, you know, they had cars up up and down and everyone was going in it. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, we had like 15 showings, but only one offer. And it was, it was a good offer, but it wasn't crazy over or whatever. So that, really helped me in having the conversation. And then they look at, uh, like us as the experts because right. wow, you did that work, I've, you know, I've done about. the work and yeah, I mean, I, again, being a, a high fact finder really helps in these situations <laughs> yeah. because what I'm trying to put myself in their shoes, you know, some people that they, they're like, whatever you, 
you meet with all different kinds of clients. And some of your clients are just like, like they, they trust you implicitly. They haven't looked at any other data. You could tell them to list it for whatever price (laughs) and they're they're going to believe you. Um, I am not that person. So I treat every appointment as if, how would I feel if someone's coming and what, what are the questions that I would be asking? And I would be asking like, Hey, I saw the house across the street sell. Do you know anything about that? And I want to be able to say, you want to know about that. Yeah. And even sometimes before going back to how I prep sometimes before I I'll make those phone calls before I go to the appointment, because you know that they're going Going to to be asking and you, you seem so much more professional and ready and wanting the business, if you have that in your arsenal before yeah, you go, absolutely. Yeah, I'm w- I'm with you on that. And and one of the main reasons that I look at sold still, obviously it's important, but is to also set up the client's expectations. Of, yes. Hey, this this is this is why they got more than asking price. Look at where they priced it, and right. and were similar, and so they priced it right, and then they got five thousand more. Like, right. see why it's important to price your home right the first right. time. Right. Um. And. And then, yeah, like Gina said, calling and getting as much information as the listing agent's willing to give you on Any pending. you can get, yeah. Yep. And then, and then, okay, now we're in the moment. Now we're going to list. Now we're yeah. going to go active. And yeah. this is what we're going to compete against. Yeah. You guys are, this is a perfect segue into like continuing to set the proper expectations. So not just in price, right? So we're doing all of this work ahead of time. We're doing a ton of research um, and doing the extra leg work to call and, you know, do all those things. Um, how do we, what are some other things? Like, I mean, let's talk a little bit more about time on market and expectations there or price adjustments because nationally those are way, way up. It's like people are having to make corrections again. Um, so just tell me about some other expectations that you're setting with them during this consultation in regards to some of those other things, not just price maybe. Yeah, so the days on market is pretty critical, and that's where your pending data as well as the active data is going to be super helpful. Yeah, um, the sold data right now, if you think about seasonally, I feel like things are slower, like they were before COVID. Yeah, and so it's it's so hard because if you're taking a six month snapshot or yeah. a three month snapshot, you're actually not really getting the mark. good yeah. Yeah, snapshot. Yeah. So yeah. Um, the days on market have been very helpful in just setting the stage of, yes, this one did sell for zero days or in zero days, but this one was eight, this one's 10, this one's 15. So we're starting to see a little bit, but I'm telling you what, like <laughs> they're not getting an offer within a couple of days. It, it, and I even feel a little bit of a struggle. Like, oh, no. oh shoot. What oh, should absolutely. I have done? What did I, I'm like questioning everything. Okay, there <laughs> should then, be more showings than <laughs> What's this. happening? What'd we do? And yeah. then I go back to my data and yep. I'm like, okay, average is, days on is market right. is two weeks and we're at day two. Like calm down, calm down. Gina. <laughs> yeah. And then go have the conversation with your clients. Yes. You know, they're freaking out too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> calm yourself down first. Yeah. How about you, Katie? Other expectations, days on market, price adjustments, even if you want to dig into that a little bit too? Um, I mean, same with Gina on days on market. Um, price adjustments, I I like to give it a couple of weeks and set their expectations of like, hey, homes don't always sell zero days on market. Let's hmm. let's just get that out of out in the air, out in the open. Just call it out. Yep. You've got a great home. Um, we're going to price it right. And if it does, great. If it doesn't, then this is kind of our plan for marketing. This is our plan for price adjustments. If it comes to that, this okay. is what we'll do down the road if it's on the market more than a day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so 
yeah, price adjustments, having the conversation up front and, and knowing that it's a possibility so mm-hmm. that it's not the first time that they've heard it yeah. when it needs to happen, yeah. I think is really important. And um, doing a like a decent price adjustment to make it attractive enough, yeah. I think is really important. It's yeah. hard, but I've, I usually try to get people to go around $5,000. Yeah. Um, and, and I think when, when that happens, often it creates so much activity yeah. that we end up back at the price that we were prior to the price adjustment, which Good. sounds crazy, but has happened a lot. And so if you do it, Got to make At it matter. At the right time and mm-hmm. make it matter. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then it, it creates that activity again and that buzz. And and I also remind people, everybody that has saved your home on Zillow and has saved it on an MLS search and anywhere else, like they're going to get notified yeah. of this price adjustment. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's a price adjustment, but it's also another like bringing it back to mind of, hey, I I did like this home. It's a lower price. Maybe I should revisit that. Good, good. Have previous rules about price adjustments gone out the window, right? So like when we first started, I feel like we all started about the same time. I feel like it was, well, within the first two weeks to 30 days Mm -hmm. is when you make your first price adjustment. And so people are probably hearing that going, that's, there's no way it's not even on the market that long. So how do I know when is an appropriate time for price adjustments now? Well, I think the rules have gone out the out the window a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And I haven't really we haven't really had to do price adjustments. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, this is kind of going back New to territory old again. Yeah. yeah. So I always would tell my people in this market, if we're not getting anything within the first week, we probably need to consider a price adjustment. And okay. I'm like Katie, I, I don't I like if they're like, let's do a thousand dollars and like <laughs> no. that isn't gonna they win. Yep. You know, they'll be like, well, it gets back into people's feeds and it needs to be significant in the way that it's going to maybe get another round of buyers. Another round of buyers. Yes. yes. So if like there people are looking at two fifty to two sixty, you know, right. and we're listed at two fifty five, like maybe it, it makes sense to do forty two forty nine nine because then we're getting a whole right under whole another group of, of buyers. But yeah, that's so good. Yeah, I I need in my listing appointments in the old days <laughs> I know. like a year ago, <laughs> two years ago, yeah. I would always say, Hey, I'm good with that price, but within but, the first two weeks, yeah. if we're not getting it, because that's when ninety percent, you know, remember yeah. that document and oh, our yeah. toolkit CMA oh, that yeah. was like you know it was like a triangle and yep. I'm sure we still have it I just yeah. don't use the it anymore overpricing yep. yeah the yep. effects of overpricing so um I I'm probably going to be a bit more aggressive and say within that first week because yeah. if we're not getting anything and we're getting and feedback right now is huge like yes my clients want to hear it it's hard to get it from agents you've got to be aggressive about it because um, you know, they're opening their house to people they and know. it just feels so like, I don't want to say violating, but like somebody has been in your home. Yeah. It's entering your personal space it in really your is. personal space yeah. and you have, you don't have any comment on it. Yeah. So the feedback I think is really helpful to get that, um, yes. Price adjustment. Yes. It is. Um, at the same time you can get 10 opinions and they're all, all over, over the, board. the board, like, oh, it's price great. Oh, it needs tons of work, and you're yeah. like, 
How is this happening? Or yeah. no one comments on price. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. leave they leave the price. They leave other things and they yeah. don't comment on price at all. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um Katie, how about you? Like when the timeline wise, um, pricing adjustments has it shifted for you? Yeah, I mean it it depends on price range okay, a good, bit. Good. Um and location. Okay. If I feel like we're in a in a hot spot and we should have had an offer by now, then mm-hmm. um then yeah, sooner than later, within the first week. Um, I, I feel like within the first three to five days, based on showing activity, you kinda know if yeah. you if you hit it or you didn't. And so it depends on the client too. Yeah. What is their goal? What yeah. is their time? Because I mean, price we're coaching that I'm coaching them on okay, the the more as your days on market goes up. Yeah. Your price may start to go down. Yep. And so what are your goals? Yep. Where are we going to price it? And then based on that. When do we need to make adjustments? When do we need to make adjustments? Yeah. So, yeah. That's a great point. I was just going to bring that up because at the end of the day, it's what their goals are. Absolutely. And I always say I, to my clients selling, my sellers, your goal could change on a daily, if not hourly basis. So today <laughs> you're telling me your goal is I'm okay waiting. You know, we don't, there's no rush. And then three days go by and you've had 15 showings and had to leave and your life has been inconvenienced. And now it's and like, no do whatever you can to sell this. Yeah. Place, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. yeah. So having that conversation, be open with me. Like, yeah. As your goals, change. Yes. those feelings. Like, right. oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that goes to honestly, um, just being in constant communication with them. Mm-hmm. They deserve it. They should be hearing from you all the time. That feedback is essential. And so I just want to say to all of our people on the buy side, don't be lazy. I feel like we've gotten lazy because things were selling so fast on the buy side that like my feedback's not going to matter. There's already going to be offers on yeah. the table, right? Yep. Go back to giving good feedback. Actually yeah. spend time doing that on the buy side because we need it yeah. when we're the sellers um, in meeting with the sellers and talking with the sellers and they want it and we need it. Yeah, and a tip on feedback is that... Um, I have always given feedback and yeah. that's how you build relationships with agents yes. mm-hmm. so that when you need inside information on the house across the street that <laughs> right. they have pending, yeah. they, they know, know, you've always they know the who I am. Yep. They know that I've been reliable. Yep. They know that I've given them feedback yep. no matter what. And so totally. your, your, uh, your ability to get the deets from them Absolutely. is so much higher because you've built that relationship. And that's something that took me a long time to figure out like how, how important it is to network and to work well with others and other um, real estate agents. Because if you're working well with others, they typically want to work well with you. Yes, And just even the little things like getting data, which some agents, if they've never heard of you and you've never given feedback and you've been difficult to work with, they're not going to return your phone call. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And That's winning so offers good. for your buyers because Makes the agent wants difference. to work with you. Yeah. Because yeah. they know that you're going to call them back and yeah. all that little stuff you know, goes a long have way. pre-qualified your buyers. And yeah, yeah. yeah. it goes a long, long it way. Does. And then also I feel like, I mean, if you can say that, you know, with actual confidence to your sellers too. Like I work really, you know, like even just that, just that rapport and things that you have within, within the community too. That's good. Um, you talked a little bit about it, um, Katie, when you said it depends on the motivation always, but uh, let's talk specifically about price point. So you said location and then you said price point, right? So are we starting to see that spread again a little bit more as price points get higher? It is normalizing quicker where they are sitting a little bit longer, more like a normal when we started market. Um, 
or what are we saying? Like, where's that, where's that breaking line? And, and this can be very specific to market by market, mm -hmm. but in Ames, let's start with you, Katie. Yeah. Where do you think that maybe that break is where things are mar more starting to slow down? Um, I would, it's, yeah, I know Ames it's hard. really hard because yeah. honestly, there's a couple of pockets. So like okay. that no matter in what. that 250 and under there's a pocket, but then all of a sudden there's this pocket of like very low days on market, like 325 to 370, like because up in, of the, where they are in the mid threes. And yeah. so it's almost like the first time home buyer pocket is yeah. what I would say. Yeah. D depending on rates that fluctuates. Yep. And then it's that second, third home move up buyer pocket Good. where it's like in Most the, of that's moving pretty well. Still. Yeah. In the 350 to 450 range or something that okay. can afford more. Okay. But they're maybe even holding on to those first time home buyer houses to move up to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, there's not a dull range yeah. in Ames because right. we're very tight knit. There's, there's just not a lot. The smaller. Um, yep. yep. But I, I do feel like there's kind of two um, segments quicker, of it. Quicker pockets. Yeah. Okay. Different, different pockets. Yeah. Okay. Gina, how about what are you seeing in Northwest suburbs out here? I've actually have felt like I have some buyers in that higher price point from like fours to sixes mm -hmm. that things are actually selling very quickly. Still. Okay. And I don't know if that's because. I'm trying to figure it out <laughs> um, whether, you know, buyers at that price point can handle um, interest rate changes. Maybe they're a little bit more savvy, have more money to put down. Yeah, yeah maybe. Um, are savvy and are like looking at arms versus yeah. that first time home buyer pool. I feel like things are sitting a little bit longer. Interesting. Um, and maybe that's just my personal experience. But right. yeah, I've had a couple of buyers who I'm like, oh, yeah, this one, this one's gonna sit. Like we were out looking the one night in that <laughs> that hailstorm. Oh, fun! And I'm like, oh no, no one's gonna put an offer on this. We're the only dummies that are out here. And then <laughs> at like eight o'clock, they're like, hey, we have an offer. And I'm just like, what? This What's is happening? Like a six hundred thousand dollar house without a finished basement. And um, yeah, so th I that's it still surprising. That's yeah. anecdotally. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah. know if that's the yeah. case or not, but I just think it speaks to we you have to be constantly looking at it. And I feel like every listing be based on location, based on price point, like getting back into even just market absorption and really using some of those other numbers to help dictate some of this and see where the shifts are happening locally here in this pocket, but not here in this pocket. So it's all going to, it's all going to make a difference on where you are, right. what the, what the product is, how well it's positioned, how well it's um, the product is itself. Yeah. yeah. There's even a lot of factors. Specifically to Ames, like they're the university, the, the factor of the rental period. Oh I mean, yeah, it, totally. Will you come to July? Yeah. I mean, yeah. People, first time home buyers either renew their lease or they didn't renew their lease or yeah. they're ready to buy because they didn't find something or they, yeah. So there's just a lot that comes into play that comes into play and yeah. Be the unique. expert. Dig in. One other conversation just prior to listing and then we'll kind of dig into some of the marketing strategy after we're on the market. Um, people that have to buy and sell at the same time, Right. Um, there are a lot of sellers legitimately on the fence about, you know, not wanting to sell because they're like, what in the heck am I going to move into? What am I going to buy? Um, people that need to make the move for whatever reason, what, what are the conversations looking like? How are you setting them up for success when they have to sell and buy at the same time? This is a hard one. <laughs> Katie, <There> you go. <laughs> go for it. Um, I mean, yeah. We keep saying it's so unique to each situation. 
I do feel like sellers still have some power though. Um, in that regard. Yeah. Um, I just had buyers accept a seller's request to subject to finding home of choice for 30 days. Um, and so we gave the sellers that time because we really wanted the house. And so on the seller side of that, which is what we're talking about is, um, ask for you what you want and know what you want, but then be ready to like navigate based on whatever the buyer brings. So, right. Um, whether it's, it's a lease back because the buyer needs to lock their rate. Right. Um, but you need the proceeds to buy your next home Yeah. or, um, it's just, yeah, I think it's still hard to get contingent offers accepted. Yeah. And so, yes. so navigating how, how is a seller, can I get my money? Yep. Have my home under contract so that I can proceed and set a closing date on the other end. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think sellers are more willing to accept a subject to um, closing and obtaining proceeds yeah. now yeah. rather than the actual subject, subject to, to sale, sale in general. Yeah. yeah. So so if, if they have that goal of subject to finding home of choice and then um, we've got a closing, like we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. You know, like I think that's. I don't know. And again, it's, it's all on their financial, you know, it is. position if they're moving up, if they're moving yep. down. I mean, all of those factors matter, right. but in general, still just talking them through right. the options. Bridge loans. Um, I mean, those have always been, if that's, that's my number one, like, can Solution, you do it financially? If they can do it. Yeah. Can we find the house, set the closing date out 45 to 60, I mean, yeah, typically 60 days. Yep. And then we have that time yeah, um, to do that. And, and do you have any family members, like, do you have any temp options yeah. that absolute worst case scenario, maybe you have to a few days or a week yeah. make work? Let's think through all the scenarios, lay them out on the table, and then figure out what one works best for you. And, like, are they moving in town or are they moving across the right. like the country? Because yep. I've got one that was moving is moving from Ames to Colorado right now. And, and so markets are different. Totally different, and they were not going to accept – a contingent offer at all. Um, and so even on proceeds. And so wow, we're going to close here. He's got a rental and then he's going to start Find looking once he gets there. Yeah. So all of those, yeah, it's very uh, yeah dependent on their, situ- their exact situation. Yeah. Do you anything to add there? I'm just those people that need to sell them by. Uh, we always just have a conversation of, well, first of all, is this the first time that they've had to do it? Yeah. Right? Because And even the people that may have done it 10 to 15 years ago, things are different now. So, so different. And what were your experiences? Um, and then I just always say, let's talk about the easiest to the most complicated way of how we're going to do this. Because I have a lot of people that are on the fence and want to list their house, but can't find, you know. Yes. Um, and So we always just talk through each of the options and what that looks like. One thing I really emphasize is, um, especially for those people who, when they moved in, they had, you know, five days to move in. Just, hey, this is what it's going to look like. You're going to have to have your house completely ready, completely clean, completely packed up. Same day. And I tell them what our story was and how we handled it, what the positive of that was, like moving everything within one hour of closing. (laughs) (laughs) You know. And what was great about that is, Everything was moved and I didn't have to come back and forth. And for me mentally, 
um, it was hard for me to leave our first house. And yeah. so it was like good that I just had to like rip the fast. bandaid off and I was gone. And then I was like, oh, wait, everything is still the same, even though we're in a different house. Yeah. It's still the same people and the same stuff yeah, and yeah, the same memories. Okay. Yeah. Um, we talk a lot about, a lot of people have a lot of equity in their home. Yeah. Um, and so we'll talk about, you know, do you, um, there's, Mortgage companies that'll do recasting of loans. Yeah. So, you know, do you have at least 5% down in savings or in a 401k that you could utilize for that? And yeah. then um, as soon as you close on your house and you'll be able to recast or, you know, put that money down and your yeah. mortgage will be recast, which means, you know, in the old days, if you put that money down, it didn't change anything. Yep. Now they'll recast it for payment or for how many years or whatever. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people like that. I had a couple where I just talked about both options. I was like, the first option is we list your house and we make it subject to you finding a home of choice. Second option is uh, you talk to the lender and see what options you have. Um, but they're really conservative people who have done done a lot of made very good financial, financial decisions. Choices, yes. And so I said, or you know, we can, you know buy the house and then sell this and re, you know, you'll be able to put your proceeds and recast it. And you know, you may have a, a month where you don't have a payment and that's something people don't understand as yes, well. Yes, yes absolutely. Yeah. We September. talk a lot about that. So I'll say like, Hey, if we close on September 1st, your first payment isn't until no, or October, November yeah. 1st. Yep. Um, and so even if we close, like the days on market are average, whatever, 30, whatever it is. And so oftentimes you won't have both payments. Yeah. So a lot of people are like, oh, like that's like mind blowing. Yeah. To them. Would Absolutely. you like two weeks to move over to your new house? Yeah. And yes. And you're still not having a double a payment. Stress? Yeah. 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 That's good. So all of that, I think you just have to, you have to be a problem solver. You have to yes. lay out all the options. Yep. And like my people were just like, oh my gosh. Um, like for me, I would feel more stress having two payments and potentially not selling my house. Yep. And for her, she was like, oh my God, the stress of like being forced to find a house in two weeks. Absolutely not. not. Let's go find. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So they're like, we're going to buy first yep. and then we're going to sell. And yep. I'm like, okay, great. Let's do it that way. And not, yes. and I, like back to your point, um, Katie is like, a lot of people are fine, like moving, you know, and into temporary housing yeah. or a family member. Yeah. We did that. I always say like it was the best three months of our lives. We lived in an apartment, took us five minutes to clean it. Yeah. We hung out at the pool every yeah. night and on the weekends. Like yeah. it was like very basic, Vacation. fun living. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, so it's all about perspective yeah. and yeah. how you package it. I, I mean, I had a family, they were just having their third child, um, super stressful time, but they wanted to take advantage of the market and get it sold. Yeah. And so we listed it and we got it sold and they're in temp housing while their new house is being complete. And nice. hopefully they're going to be in there by Christmas. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> They've I mean, got to be okay with it, though. Yeah, I mean, it really yeah. does depend and on I, their personalities, too. Yeah, I even push them, like, you guys are, are you sure? Like, <laughs> you're going through a lot right now. <laughs> like, I wouldn't want to do that, but okay. Yeah. So, that's fun. Okay, yep. good. All right, so we're on the market. I just want to talk quickly about some marketing strategy shifts that we've maybe had to make when things are sitting on the market at a more, still not even normal pace from where we all started, right? Um, but they are sitting longer than 24 hours, some of them. Yeah. Um, so you guys are great at marketing either way. You are both really good marketers with your listings, but what are some of the adjustments that you are making with your marketing strategy um, as we shift to a market where things are on the market at a norm, more normal rate for a week or two? Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm, I've always, 
I feel like I haven't really changed my strategy that much from when it would sell within yes. zero hours or even before it even went on the market. Good. I would be like, I still want to do photos. I'm still going to do yes. remarks. I still yes. want to, like, you deserve that. And sometimes yes. people are like, we don't, I don't want pictures. Like, we're fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think the biggest difference is I'm doing more networking on okay. my listing. So Good. talking to other people that other agents that typically sell in the area or following up with people trying to get that feedback, yeah. seeing what we could do to get an offer. I'm doing more work in that sense from a marketing, but okay. my marketing package of, and what I've always done is pretty much the same. It's just, Good. I'm making more of an effort to make sure that I'm following up, that I'm getting feedback, that I'm calling people when it's not selling to be like, Hey, do you have any buyers for this house? It's really yeah. great. Good. Okay. I like that. How about you, Katie? Yeah, I'm, I'm, very similar to what it was. Um, always having the listing ready to go no matter what. Um, that means photos. Um, so we do photos the day before we list. So mm -hmm. photos. Um, and then I sign the listing paperwork with them that same day. Um, and then we'll go live the next the next morning first yeah. thing. So yep. I'll have the photos back the night before. And yep. so right when we go live, got the photos ready. We did some video tours that in the day before. They've already cleaned their for everything's for the photos. So then if we have a quick showing right away, then great. That's what yeah. we're ready for that. Yep. Um, so all of that is the same. Um, I, I have spent, uh, been spending a lot more like money on social media ads and marketing okay. in the last month or two, I would say, um, just, even like right off the bat, right when the listing hits, whether I know that it's hot or not. Right. Just to make sure like I am positioning my sellers to get every Maximum eye on exposure. it as possible. Good. And so yeah. um, I've even had a seller reach out to me recently and just say like that her house is on the market still. And she said like, thank you so much for all that you have been doing like yeah. to list. And also with that, sharing the data from like, the exposure they're getting yes, with yes. the client. And so um, just showing like, hey, we got over this week, we got this many views, 5,000 views. Mm -hmm. Like we're doing all the right things. All the feedback has been, you know, and so then do we need to start looking at another price adjustment? And right. it just leads back into those different conversations. So I would say, yeah, just even more so having everything tied with a bow right yeah. when it hits the market yeah um to put your best foot forward and, and help them Good. maximize that absolutely maximum exposure it is our job to help position their property and get maximum exposure for them that's that's good anything else there um i would say also my i am i am much more religious on updating them on a weekly basis good. on what's come on the market good what has sold with the days on mark, you know, I'm trying to keep that hyper local, like to like their specific situation. Yeah. In the past, I didn't really have to do that because it would sell within a week. I know. So getting back, I do those on Mondays and yep. I just go through, you know, what's been selling, what hasn't. Um, and then our feedback sheet, I, we have like a, a Google dot or not a, a Google sheet. Yep. Yep. Um, and they have access to that. Cool. And as I'm getting feedback, like I'll be like, Hey, added some feedback. Let me know if you have any questions. Yeah. That's they, good. People find that to be super helpful. Um, and then I have like a little gift that I give them, like if it's been on, on the market for a week where, um, 
I bring it to their house and I leave a note and just say, you know, listing a house can be stressful and I hope this helps you relax or whatever. And it's awesome. Yeah. Um, just to kind of acknowledge that it's I hard it having people in your mm-hmm. house all yeah. the time. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just so funny when you say, well, if it hasn't sold in a week, and it just still, like, all all of this still is, like, relative yeah. to what perspective you have, yeah. too. Because like maybe that was my, like, 30-day plan when they yeah. were still on the market at 30 <laughs> or 60 days, and now it's, like, if they're on the market a week, we're like, oh, gosh. Okay, we got to do something, something about they're, this. They're stressed. I yeah. mean, it's their home. It's, yeah. like, their, their baby. You know, like, yes. to some people, their home is Well, everything. and in the old days, two years ago, <laughs> um, three years ago. Perspective. Yeah. yeah. Like they would maybe get, and I don't know if you're seeing this, Katie, but um, they would maybe get a showing, you know, maybe three or four showings in the week. Yeah. These people, it wasn't stacked like yeah, crazy. So these people, like my most recent one, they're getting, you know, five a day. Yep. And with no offers. So yes. it feels different when yeah. it's like one and then another one in a couple of days. It, yep. But when you're gone from your house all day long and you're taking your, dogs and, and yes, yes, adjusting yes. your lifestyle yes and you're not getting and there's been 10 people who have seen it you're not totally getting an true. offer it just doesn't feel good so yeah yep that's good all right guys I think we're going to kind of wrap it up there there's so much more that we could dig into and all these things that we can get super practical on but um those are really good conversations I think at the end of the day you guys are doing a great job being expert advisors. That's what we have to be. Um, so that again, the end goal is to gain these clients for life. And a lot of the people you're working with now are your repeat and referral clients anyway. So you guys are doing it the right way. Um, but yeah, be an advisor, help them make some decisions and be in constant communication. Anything else I'm missing there? No, that's about it. Okay. Thank you guys for your time. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for joining us today. For more episodes, resources, and show notes, head to morethanmorepodcast.com.